announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? This is Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another badass Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution. And if you don't know about us, you better ask somebody. This is the fastest growing cash rich industry in the world right now, next to sport gambling and cryptocurrency. No one talks about that. Everyone is focused on what's happening with cannabis and hemp right now. And in the Hemp Revolution, we are hyper focused on exposing the stories, telling and sharing the journeys of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible movement forward with a mission to bring the best high-performing products that you can trust to deliver the results you are looking for to the marketplace and ensuring that you feel safe and confident when selecting natural alternatives to your otherwise harmful medications. If you are a consumer or somebody interested in products and you're not sure which one to pick, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or existing business who is hitting a glass ceiling right now, check us out at the Emerald Circle for resources, relationships, tips and tricks on how you can navigate through the inevitable and extremely challenging roadblocks that can come along with this incredible industry. This is an incredibly exciting time right now. So we are excited to have you guys with us. In today's episode, we are going to be talking to the co-founder of the CBD Boutique and Canvas Organics Inc., specializing in brick and mortar CBD retail in New Mexico and in Colorado. Super excited to hear the perspective of somebody who has quite literally been a part of this from purely a passion space. This is the, the story you're going to hear today really humanizes the way that the industry is evolving and the people who are willing to put it all on the line to get to where they want to go. Help me welcome Mr. Billy Giron. Is that how you say your last name, Billy? Well, you pronounce the G like it's an H, so it's Giron. Giron. Oh, it was, a gringa. It was gringa pronunciation. Yeah, it's all good. It happened. <laughs> Even though I'm not a gringa, I'm fully like Argentinian, so I should have known that, but I didn't. That's all good. No, no <laughs> Happy to have you on. Thank you. That was a great intro too. I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> well, you're doing plenty as I, as I understand it. My <laughs> minions have been stalking you for some time. We've watched your growth, heard a little bit about your story, although you're not that outward with, you know, on social. So it was a little bit tough to track you down. I want to hear from the horse's mouth though, because in my opinion, you're extremely interesting and you. you represent a body of people who want and need to be a part of this movement, but maybe don't necessarily know how to get in here and don't have the confidence to do so. So why don't you give us a little grassroots background on who you are and how you ended up in this space? Definitely. Okay. So I guess the best place to start would be kind of my background that really led me to this. And, you know, growing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, not necessarily known for the best public schools and whatnot, but my whole passion in life was actually motocross. So from, you know, three years old, I was on a dirt bike. And from there forward, that was my passion in life. My goal, I was very strongly, you know, pulled towards making that happen. And the odds were already against me, you know, as wanting to be a professional motocross racer. Most of these kids that become professional, they are, you know, homeschooled, they got a, a compound or somewhere really close by where they could train every day. I didn't have that. If I was lucky, my dad would take me riding on a weekend when he didn't have work. That's pretty much where I was at. But I pushed towards it, put all my time, effort into this. 
And around the age of 18, I kind of got a realization of how strict of a lifestyle and how hard of a you know deal it would be to actually continue into that career path success, success, successfully. Sorry. So what I did was I, I pivoted into what's called freestyle motocross. Now you go from racing to freestyle motocross is more, it's tricks. It's a lot more laid back lifestyle at the time. It was a pretty new sport. So I got very, very lucky. I got into it and just kind of my career took off. I signed a three month contract to tour America with six dudes in a truck. And that's kind of how it started. I started getting paid to ride my dirt bike and I'm, you know, started accomplishing my childhood dream. So because of that, I decided in my head that priority was that over school. And I naturally, you know, I was making more money than any of my friends and whatnot. And I wanted to con- continue that path and continue, wanted to, continue to ball out. <laughs> exactly. So I dropped out of high school. It wasn't for me. And I, I continued and I got, you know, no regrets whatsoever. I would not have changed a single thing. I've been very blessed. It led me to, you know, traveling the world, making great money. You know, I've, I lived in Southeast Asia for a couple of years. I've, I've done stuff in Europe, a lot of different opportunities, met a lot of people and had a, a great time along the way. So that's where I'm at. Around 2014, while I was in Southeast Asia, my, I started having trouble with my back, right? So um, it's a pretty big deal. So I've, I've spoken to three specialists out there in Hong Kong, right? And pretty much everyone I spoke to said, yeah, spinal fusion is the way to go. You need this surgery, blah, blah, blah. My employer says you should do it and you know we'll pay for your your PT afterwards but it was actually a really good setup so I was really really considering doing it now you got to remember being an avid cannabis user beforehand you know through my whole life pretty much since middle school uh, coming up to this point I'm now near China where it's not the same right so I'm going about two years off cannabis not around cannabis or you know any type of cannabinoid therapy any of that. So, um, you know, my back's really, really getting to me right around the same time CBD's coming out or not coming out, but more well known to the public. So I start researching it. I decide to go against the, the surgery for now. And I end my contract and come back to the States. I immediately look into CBD, find some, start using it. And it was a game changer for me. Absolute game changer for me. And I was still considering the, the surgery here in the States but two weeks into using a, an oral tincture, I noticed how great it was for pain management and I no longer consider that surgery. And it was a pretty big deal considering what I was doing for, you know, to help my, my back. So yeah, uh, kind of a, a game changer for me for pain management. So that leads me into, well, what do I do now? I'm in a, a very young sport where I can't do this for too much longer. I've suffered a lot of injuries and what's my next step? Well, I got, I'm, I'm passionate about cannabis. I'm going to try to go into that. And that, you know, long story short, that leads us to today. Um, but with not, a, uh, there was a ton of hurdles and trials and tribulations along the way. Yeah, I do know. Cause I was in cannabis yeah. before. Well, I, I, you know, I hate to say that I'm even like in hemp because I don't have my own product, but I have an online publishing company and we really cover the full gamut cannabis and hemp, but there's been this hyper-focus on hemp recently because it's just, it's accelerating so quickly. It's becoming a global market. You know, the United States is the largest marketplace in the world for CBD sales right now. And so it's, but we're covering the hot, we're Wendy Williamsing it right now. We're covering the hot topics. No, I think that's great because what you're doing, I could, I don't know the numbers, but I could almost guarantee that it's, way less saturated than the actual CBD products itself. You know, every day someone's coming out, everyone and their mom is selling CBD at this point. So it's a lot <laughs> Quite more. Literally. 
Yeah, so I think you found a good niche within the industry, so that's great. Yeah, well, it's good, and you know, we we have certification program, all different types of things that cater to helping sort of level the playing field. There's such a significant learning curve, no matter how educated you are, and in my opinion, the more degrees you hold, the harder it is for you to succeed in this space, because there is no rule book set here, and the things that feel most normal that you would learn in a formal education environment about marketing or building a business or any one of those things don't apply here. There's, <laughs> there, I mean, in theory they could, but the number of roadblocks and sort of circle jerking that you have to go through in order to succeed in this space is, I mean, it's just remarkable. Simple things like banking or advertising, things that feel second nature for a business and is just like should be a part of a daily checklist are proving to be significant roadblocks definitely before you even get into you know product selection or efficacy or you know stable supply chain or any of those things so i commend the entrepreneurs who are actively working with the product on a daily basis and I consult a lot of them. It's it's not easy, but it's totally worth it. So let me ask you this, with your own transformational sort of experience, what other stories since you've opened your store, what other stories have just like kept you on the grind? Is there someone or something in particular that's on the days that you're tired and fed up gets you out of bed and coming back to work? Well, here's the thing is I think in my mind, it's almost like a do or die situation for me to where I understand the importance of succeeding. And I've put so much time and effort into my riding career that that's now done. Now I'm coming fresh into business, right? To where uh, regardless of the roadblocks that we face, we need to push forward. And I think getting back into how our business first started, it's a true kind of like rags to riches story so far um, that's kind of really motivational to think of what can be possible, right? So kind of to go into that, we uh, when we started our store, I kind of like to claim we're the first brick and mortar CBD retail, at least in the state of New Mexico that I know of. Based on other research, I couldn't really find anything when we were starting out. So we were lucky enough to be the first to market and it was just natural market penetration because no one else was doing it. When did you open? 2015, mid 2015. You know, at this point, there, CBD wasn't nearly as trendy or popular as it is now. The majority of products were coming from overseas. Um, and, you know, what really helped us was we, we, right away created a, a vision and a model where we're only offering domestic products. That was a big one, right? Because people that did know about CBD kind of appreciated that. And people that didn't know about it, it was an easy way, I guess, you know, to make a sale. It's like you could buy stuff from overseas or you could come to our store and, you know, get good education and get quality products. So yeah, so that was your unique selling American made. Yeah, I guess. And it's really humorous um, how we started. We originally created a group and, you know, completed an application for a medical license here in New Mexico. And we worked our butts off for that. It was insane. When I say application, it's not like a form. We're talking a dolly of six inch binders. Yeah, but it's a big deal. Um, and we hired consultants from Oregon. We, we worked with attorneys. I was really, really optimistic that we would get a, a license. Unfortunately, I was unaware of the politics that played at hand, especially out here in New Mexico. It's just pretty insane. So that didn't go through and we're like, all right, well, let's try CBD. It's low risk, right? Let's go for it. What we did was we, um, we somehow hooked up with these two guys that own a phone repair store off of here in Albuquerque. There's a street called central. I guess it would be comparable to Colfax in the more seedier days. Cause I know they're, you know, it's getting a little better. Now. Oh, it's hip down there. Not cannabis <laughs> cash done come in and fix that place up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So our central is kind of like Colfax more in the olden days, I guess you could say not, you know, more of a seedy area and, you know, we, we hook up with this phone repair guys and we say, we'll pay half your rent to give us half the store. So that's hilarious. You walk into this phone repair store. If you look to the right, 
it's a scratched up glass display case with $500 worth of CBD products in there. You know, you look to the left, it's phone repair place. And you could imagine the type of characters we get walking into that place with, with their phones. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's how we started, but nevertheless, we were first to the market, at least in our area. So we kind of immediately grabbed that market share and, and just grew really fast from there. Had the pimps given CBD to their (laughs) As long as they were of age, it was all good. Um, So yeah, I think going back to your question, I kind of got off subject, but just the fact that we started so, you know, at the bottom and was able to see this organic growth is very motivational to me. It lets me know what is possible and what we can accomplish going forward. But also one of the coolest things that really, really inspires me is like the nature of this business truly is helping people. We have seen thousands of, you know, testimonies that you wouldn't even believe, you know what I mean? When it comes to like epilepsy and opioid use and just stuff like that, that we've seen like in real life, people are coming to us, you know, just absolutely thanking us for what we're doing. And it's not even really us. We're just selling this product. We're not pharmacists or doctors or anything, but it's just really cool. And it makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get to hear message after message after message from people who are sharing these just exponential results um, from using both cannabis and hemp. And for a long time being from Northern California and just like really heavily immersed into the cannabis culture up there, I used to believe that hemp was for fibers and industrial purposes. Mm-hmm. I never really believed that it was called diet weed. I still joke sometimes and call it diet weed. <laughs> but like I I've been bit by the bug. Like I prefer high CBD and low THC cannabis now. Like strains like Harlequin for instance who are just like my go-to. I way rather smoke that than than this alien weed that's out on the market now. And and I don't care what anybody says both are genetically modified. The cannabis growers who are trying to be a part of the boom right now have bred out the THC and are souping up the the CBD. And then vice versa on the cannabis side, people are just like, pour it on. Like they're just trying to like blow out the THC content and the extractions and the flower and, and all of it. And it's like, alien weed so it's pretty insane for sure yeah yeah it's not like that homegrown like humble cut humble kush that you used to get from northern california like it's a far cry so i'm i'm all about that diet weed life right now Mm -hmm. i'm like (laughs) yeah it's funny because i seem to meet more and more people that are leaning that way in the industry right because i have some good relationships with vendors a lot of them you know 98 percent of our products we carry are from denver colorado and a lot of people i talk to seem to be leaning towards that you know it's like oh i'm using less thc nowadays more towards the cbd whatever works is fine but i feel that way too I used to be, you know, I used to be like the definition of a pothead and now I prefer CBD. That's my daily regimen. I don't necessarily partake much in the high THC stuff anymore, you know, but it's, yeah. I don't knock it. It's just not, you know, CBD is better for me. Yeah. I'm all about the life either way. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm good. And at the same time, like my responsibilities and I call it my caseload is much different now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't kick back and like smoke a blunt and go get a burrito. Like I got, exactly. I got kids coming home at two. I got yeah. fucking hungry ass teenagers coming home at six. Yeah. So like, I got to I got to keep myself, myself like in peak performance. And I just noticed that the hemp products, you know, make it a lot easier for me to maintain that level of like relaxation and, and even, even keel. Whereas if I use cannabis, it's late at night when I'm trying to go to bed and like, I just need an immediate night night. And you know, it's really awesome. So you opened up your store. Talk to me a little bit about your, I want to understand the growth from like sharing a space with the telephone repair all the way to acquiring your own store. And now you're just like pretty quickly expanding into different parts of Denver, running multi-state locations. That's a significant growth 
to have to go through. So walk me through the journey a little bit. I want to know about the challenges. I want to know about the milestones where you were like, fuck yeah, we did it. (laughs) Tell me a little, take me through, take me on a walk through your forest. Okay. So shortly after opening the, our store in the phone repair place, well, first of all, I got to kind of set the, uh, the premises of how this was. So it was kind of like a shared space building. So you walk through one main entrance and you got multiple retail spaces within like a hallway that leads you to different places. A lot of them were more like, you know, massage, you got like a salon type thing, the phone repair, whatever. So I would say just months after we first opened our doors, we're now contacting the, the landlord to move to a bigger space within that same building. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was cool. It was more legit in a sense. And I would say uh, with that one year mark, we hire a contractor to break the wall where we're at to open it up to two units. So now we actually have, you know, like a, I would say maybe like a 700 square foot small store, but it's an actual store. So the natural progression from there is the back of this building had an, for some weird reason, there's an actual house built into this building, like a full size four bedroom home. We're now renting that. So that's our headquarters. So we go from being a small retail store, we're dabbling in manufacturing, distribution, phone orders and online, right? We're doing e-commerce and our headquarters are all based out of that house. So one store plus the headquarters where all our offices are and all that other stuff is going down. And yeah, I mean, that was a point where I was like, wow, this is, this is fully organic growth and it's happening really fast. So we have something here. That was kind of the like aha moment where I knew, you know, we really had something and we should continue to scale. It took you breaking down a wall, expanding into two spaces, renting out the back of a house, and <laughs> yeah, it yeah, and to we, figure out that you had something. You're so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and we weren't we weren't done there. We've, I think, when I look back about everything, literally the entire journey that I've been on with my teammates and partners and and employees, it literally has been eighty percent struggle. Like it's honestly kind of disheartening. <laughs> so at one point or, you know, in, in one side of this story, it's kind of showing that anyone could do this. But on the other side, it's like, you got to be prepared for, uh, you know, some real, real struggle, you know? So let's talk about that. I want to talk about that here in just a second, because there's the, mm-hmm. the inevitable challenges, but I love this sort of hero's journey that you're taking us okay. on right now, because Real, I mean, truthfully, from a conservative perspective, you are winning against all odds. You're a high school dropout who pursued a semi-professional athletic career, you know, ended up with some sort of life-altering injury that could have very quickly turned you into another statistic of an opioid-addicted, you know, exactly. minority. And quite literally you're escaping with your life and then breathing life into your community. So this is a pretty remarkable, you know, against all odds type story. And for those of you guys who are listening to this and trying to figure out, you know, why you haven't made the move into the space yet or how you can participate, or if you're feeling the lack of confidence, like you don't have what it takes to contribute value, to what's happening here, I want you to listen closely to the things that are being shared because everyone has something of value to contribute. This is a grassroots movement still. Big business has not come into here. You have unique skill sets, passion, purpose, and that will help you become profitable, whether you're working a job, educating your community, even working with your family and friends to holistically address some of the points of discomfort and being a purchaser of the products and an advocate for holistic health in general. This is, there's plenty of ways for you to be involved. And I want you to really feel like a deep breath of confidence right now that no matter where you are in your life or what has been a challenge for you before, this is an embrace this is an industry that embraces you with whole heart and there's a way for you to play if you're willing to try. Yeah. So 
that's, and I just like to speak to them because we have budding entrepreneurs. We have people from all different walks of life who are like, oh fuck, I'm on disability or oh shit, I didn't graduate high school or I only have my GED or I lost my job or I only have one leg. And I'm like, who cares? We love all of the toothless one-legged freaks who who have a great story to tell. Yeah. And it's kind of like the cliche, like if I could do it, you could do it or anyone could do it. And that is true. However, things have changed, right? Like I mentioned before, we got really lucky to kind of be the first to the market. And we're, we are seeing that now operating in Denver. It's going a little bit differently because we're not the first to the market there. So, but it is possible. I mean, like I said, if I could do it, anyone could do it. Um, just got to be strong willed and kind of lucky and, and smart in some cases. It could work totally. out. Totally. Yeah. And I want to get to that here in just a second, because cardinal rule number one with any business is location, 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 and really understand understanding the demographic that you're serving in that location. A lot of the McDonald's model is investing into the real estate and the looky-loos like the Burger Kings and, you know, Carl's Juniors and all of that stuff are like, oh, McDonald's is going there. Let's follow suit, you know? So you see, you see these clusters are concentrated business types all in the same location because mm-hmm. like attracts like location 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 so but i'm i'm still stuck on this on this thing in new mexico you guys got that big built out your team that much how did you have to like what are the significant learning curves for yourself that you have had to go through in order to grow with your business because the mentality that you have you know, as in 2015, when you're starting out is, and the understanding of what you can do and how you can do it is significantly different than somebody who is managing three locations and acquiring new real estate and new square footage and, you know, managing Mm -hmm. teams that are taking care of all of these different facets of your business. Share with me a little bit about your own personal evolution in this process and how you continue to up level with the rise of your, of your company. Yeah. So man, that's a, that's a hard one to answer. Well, actually it's easy to answer, but I guess to be blunt, no pun intended would be, you know, I came into this with pretty much my only other than doing a couple semesters of business admin and a community college, my only real life experience would be, and you know, without going too deep into it, it would be maybe on the, the gray market, right? Before yeah. cannabis was a little, was what it is today as far as the legality goes. Yeah. That's some good experience. That's some good uh, learning. And you could really apply that to, to everyday life. Yeah, I mean, you're a one-man distribution company. Exactly. So um, that's what I came into this. You know, that was my mindset. And it actually seemed to work. It's very, very simple, you know, ABC elementary type of way of doing business. So everything other than that has been kind of thrown at me. Everything has been a learning curve up until, you know, it's still happening right now. There is so much I don't know, so much I need to learn to further our businesses and thrive and, and to grow more, you know. So so how do you continue to stay relevant as the leader of your team then? Are you like reading books? Are you hiring mentors? Are you building out the team? Like what um, Mark Cuban said, hire your weaknesses. So how are mm-hmm. you, how are you investing in yourself and sort of padding, yeah, padding yourself so that you're you know, remaining in that like sharp leadership Uh role. Yeah. So that's a good point to bring up right now, because that's something we're dealing with as we speak to the right now today is, you know, we, we went from a partnership LLC and I think we should get back into kind of how that, that all unfurled, but we're now a corporation. So technically I'm the CEO, you know, and I think being a CEO of a different corporation, I, I would not be able to cut it. Right. But I, that's my title and I'm trying to make it work. However, you know, I don't have this ex- experience in schooling that I think a really heavy hitter should have, you know? So I've, I'm, I've kind of been faced with the, the realization that I think it's about time to really, you know, hire my weaknesses. So that's what we're working on now. I think to bring our business to the next level, that's absolutely needed. So my business partner and I, we have recently made a big sacrifice and cut our salary. And that's not where I expected I would be here in 2019. But I think it's absolutely necessary to bring our business to the next level. Yeah. So we're, we're to the point where we are looking into 
maybe some educated or highly experienced executives, you know, and we'll remain directors or shareholders and we kind of let them do their thing and, and bring us to the next level. So I kind of feel like, you know, to be totally honest, we got it here, but to get here, I need not necessarily step down, but hand it over to someone in a sense. Um, you know, because other than that, I was thinking, let maybe the business could pay for my tuition and I could, what I'm learning every day, I could bring it back and, and use it in real life for the business. The other option is get someone that already knows what they're doing and, and let them have at it, you know? So that's what we're being faced with. I love this. I absolutely love this. And th it's not an easy thing to say, you know, in public that like, we're at that stage that like, it could be looked at in two ways. Well, on one hand, you could be like, oh, shit, I'm being really vulnerable and sharing that, like, I don't know everything. And it's not all going the exact way that I want it to go. But on the other hand, like, there's something to be said for the fact that you know, that it's time to level up and bring in people who play those really important roles. Because, you know, I've learned this entire thing in my own process of building and growing my my companies. And, and I've done it multiple times over. I've peaks and valleys of entrepreneurship are so fun. <laughs> but like, when you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And when you don't know, you have to hire people who do know. And that actually makes you look better as a leader, because you are willing to take that, that opportunity for growth and feedback and giving the reins over to somebody. And what it actually ends up doing is positioning you as the visionary in the company. And you get to remain in that visionary position rather than the monotony of like the daily task. And really what it comes down to is like, how do we expand operations so mm -hmm. that I can remain in that position of, you know, envisioning how I want this to look, how I want mm -hmm. this to feel, what I want this brand to become. And you're, I mean, you are dead on, with what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you know you integrate those things into your team and the culture of your company is such a valuable time right now and i'm so excited to watch this whole process go i want to offer you a resource and i swear i've talked about this book so much and maybe it's just because i'm getting hot and heavy on it myself mm -hmm. the millionaire master plan and roger james hamilton talks about how to how to leverage the power of the universe and how to leverage the the unique strengths and talents of each person in your team to bring your company into flow. He says this term, uh, he says this thing, he's taken 5,000 years of Eastern philosophy with like the I Ching and paired it with modern day business. And he says, a leaf when you dro dropped in the river doesn't need to be told where to go. It just goes there. It just follows the flow of the river. Whereas if you throw a human into the river, that has big rapids, it's a, the human's gonna immediately grab onto the rock and will have such a hard time letting go to be into flow because they have to feel like they're in control and are gonna know what happens next. Yeah. Um, same thing happens with, while we're building our team. As a business owner, we get like, what roles do we have to fill in our company? Okay, let's get someone who has those skills to put it in there, but perhaps it's not their Likewise, from the employee's perspective, they just need a job. So they're willing to do what it takes to get the position, right? But when you put people in their flow, in their position of power, leveraging their unique talents, strengths, and passions, the growth that happens in your business is exponential. It's incredible to see that contrast when you know, when literally you'll experience hockey stick growth in your business. Mm -hmm. So check out the millionaire master plan and his whole philosophy around building your team, hiring up, you know, investing, investing in, instead of like saving money to get the job done, investing into somebody who knows how to get the project completed. Got it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like such powerful mentality for a business owner. And it has completely changed the way that I build and grow my own organization. So I'll just share that little nugget with you. Cool. Yeah, no, I wrote that down. I'll look into it. And the cool thing is I view it as a, as a positive because my background and just my being, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not the type of person to be sitting in an office. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I went from riding my dirt bike and making good money to sitting in an office and doing emails and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> you know, I, think, I think I've done my fair share, of, you know, of earning it to be able to kind of pass on the position and really hope, hopefully watch the business flourish more than it currently is. And you know, reap the benefits from it. That's the, that's the master plan. Um, yeah. I love that. 
Great no. master plan. How are you guys, how are you guys selecting the products that are going into your store right now? Okay. So, you know, like I mentioned, we've always been very, very strict on quality and the fact that it has to be domestic. Well, as the market's kind of grown, trying, yeah. the domestic thing isn't really that big of an issue anymore. I mean, I don't really see any products that come from overseas that are questionable. And, you know, Colorado's the mecca of these products as far as I know. So really what determines what we carry now is, and I've been kind of a big proponent of uh, regulation. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see when we got into the Denver market that the CDPHE is doing the regulations on consumable products. So as far as consumables go, uh, regardless of where we're located, we hold true to that. And our products have to be CDPHE approved and shelf life stable. And that's kind of just a basis for our products to be on our shelf. And that and that's regardless, like we do that even with our stores here in Albuquerque. And that kind of makes me feel, feel good, right? Because you get people all day, every day contacting you, try to get their products into your store. And it's almost like, well, if you're not CDPHE approved, I can't even pursue it, right? So we're doing that. I, would, I think I said 98% of what we carry is grown, manufactured, you know, created in Colorado and on our shelves. Other than that, I think it's just a, I think I have a knack for products that I can stand behind, right? So one of the big issues we face with products is a lot of them seem to come off as kind of like gimmicky, right? Uh, you see that a lot with certain products like vape products or edibles. And I think I have a good talent on uh, being able to avoid stuff like that. So when you walk into our store, it just has a good vibe as far as the products you're surrounded by. And, you know, a customer could be confident knowing that whatever they pick, they're walking out with a high quality, safe and consistent product. Three key challenges that you have faced and that you are facing right now in your business. Okay. So one I would like to bring up that's really important for anyone listening is I will be the first to admit scaling. You, scaling is an art. So that means growing the business. And in life, I tend to be maybe a little over-optimistic, right? So I have this plan and I just hammer towards it until it's accomplished. So scaling has been a big one. I would say sometimes we are premature scaling can have negative effects on the business. So to get back into the history, we, we have this store, we do another location in Albuquerque. So now we're doing two stores and we're absolutely killing it. You know, anyone that would see the numbers that we're producing would be astonished, right? So we do that. But the problem is when you're seeing that, you got to be very careful of, okay, I want to do more and more and more. Because if that happens, you could kind of deter the main it's the best way to say it. You could slow yourself down by scaling too much. So that's something we face. That's a major Achilles heel in mm -hmm. any industry, but especially this one. Yeah. So and there's some things that, that happen that are important that I think we should touch on that led us to where we are today. But uh, in February of 2019, we went from having, you know, just two stores in Albuquerque back to one. And now we're operating mid-November, we'll have five stores. Wow. So in less than a year from one to five um, and possibly a sixth, but we got to be very careful, right? So we put a lot of resources in trying to expand. And then if things don't go exactly as planned, it could be detrimental to the business and to funds and budgeting and stuff like that. So premature scaling is something that we're dealing with or we have dealt with and we're trying to get a grasp back on now. I think now that we understand it, we got a, a better hold on it. Yeah. Um, Another huge one that you already mentioned is banking and credit card processing. We've been the victims of this time and time before, and it seriously halts revenue and just really, really hurts the business when that happens. Are you guys selling online as well, or is that primarily in your business? We are. Operation? Unfortunately, I mean, I think we've lost our credit card processor, you know, obviously through different sources, but we've gone through this four times since we've started. So at one point our website was actually, you know, good where we wanted it, even though that's not our main focus, but we had e-commerce and going through, you know, four bouts of not being able to operate online has really, really hurt us. 
it's really hurt us. So we're back, you know, back online. We got a small selection on our website of our house brand products and whatnot. And it's, it's chugging along, but it's nowhere where it used to be. I kind of base that off of not being able to cater to the customers, you know, so often with, with losing credit card processing. Yeah. Banking's a whole nother thing. At one point we were stacking up bank accounts, just knowing that we'd lose them, you know, cause we've done it to where we're doing great and our bank account cut our bank cuts us off and now we can no longer do business. Right. So uh, we got to the point where we're stacking up bank accounts and going in there and really trying to water down what we're doing. You know, we're health supplement store, blah, 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 just so we could get this bank account so we could use it for a couple months before they cut us off. Wow. That's no way to do business. You know, it's very, very frustrating and stressful. So those are definitely some huge factors that have, uh, that have hurt us, you know, what are, you know, with all of the stuff and all of the challenges and all of the things that make you go, that make you shudder at the thought, there's still such, so many different things to celebrate being a part of this industry right now and where you have been able to get with, you know, against all odds, as we'll say, I'm, I'm positive that there are some key pieces of wisdom that you can share too. And I love to call this section the golden nuggets of our of our show and and always wanting to just give as much value as we can to our listeners because there's you know customers who are looking to figure out you know products there's there's budding entrepreneurs who have no idea how to enter into the space and there's existing brands who are probably sitting on the other line right now saying like oh shit i totally get that you know and but either way like i would love to hear from you from your perspective what are some key pieces of advice that you would offer somebody who is considering getting into the industry and trying to figure out what their best what their best entry point is here what are some pieces of wisdom or advice you could share well if someone was trying to get into the industry right now um i would say maybe finding a niche would be important because the market's extremely saturated you know pretty much everyone is selling CBD or has their own CBD line. So I personally, I think trying to find something outside that box would be a smart way to go because, you know, all day long we get emails and calls about getting products on our shelves. And I, sometimes I'm just like, how do these people survive? You know what I mean? Like there's a hundred emails of different products. Like they're really, really relying on getting these cold calls and getting their products on the shelf. I don't know. It just, I think finding a niche outside of an actual product may be my advice, but that's just from my experience. Another thing kind of goes back to just knowing your self worth, like your value, kind of the against all odds type deal that we're the theme we're on. Really none of what I've done in my life would be possible unless I absolutely believe that it could be possible. So I'd really say, try to stay confident and, and believe that what you want to do in life could be possible. It gets kind of scary when you're faced with paying the mortgage and, you know, needing a nine to five. Um, but I think if you're, if you're passionate about something, you could really push kind of one day at a time to make something happen and just stay optimistic about what you're doing. Ooh, I hear the mindset of a millionaire. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Mindset is such a huge piece to this. Okay. So some golden nuggets, some golden nuggets. I never prepare these. And somebody the other day were like, Oh, as if you didn't prepare. I'm like, I never prepare. I just started to do this in the podcast, but I, I, a lot of people enjoyed it. So I think I'll piggyback off of the mindset piece because I I don't tend to brush on it so much because people think it's woo woo, but you know, you, there's got to be just a hair of crazy for somebody to be <laughs> in this industry and to actually be successful in this industry. So I say, you know, nourish your mindset. Start with the start with your mindset and really challenge yourself to identify the pieces of yourself that don't necessarily feel confident or competent, and fortify yourself with knowledge or people who can who have the knowledge to support you getting to that place where you feel like you can make the corporate to cannabis jump. If you already have an existing business, I'll second that with if you already have an existing business or an existing skill set, something that you've been exercising for a long time, 
figure out where that fits in with the current industry. There's, so, I love what you said about finding an ancillary niche, maybe something that's not directly related to having your own product, but perhaps playing the role of a distributor or playing the role of a marketer, an accountant, a lawyer, any one of these professional roles that are quite honestly making more money because of the industry that they're serving, especially in the cannabis space. If you're an HVAC or a contractor or anything like that, and you have specialized knowledge and to how to vent a room for an indoor grow, like you're going to make more money doing that than you would aerating a house, you know, getting a, a house mm-hmm. online. Um, and then the final piece I would say is I'm all about the message. So for me, there has to be to be passion behind your purpose. It can't be profit driven. Money is an automatic response um, from the universe to show that you are bringing the most amount of value into the marketplace. And when it comes down to it, value for value is awesome. But when you can figure out the leverage that allows you to bring the most value into the marketplace with the least amount of team time and effort, that's when you start to see automated returns in profitability for your company. So figuring out how to bring your value to the marketplace with the most amount of leverage is going to be a superpower for you, whether you choose to work directly with the plant or in an ancillary fashion, you know, just be cognizant of that and always think about like, what is my passion? What do I feel my purpose is? And start to build your value around that and always considering the leverage that you have to impact the most people because the impact that you're making is a direct reflection of the income that you'll have the potential to make. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's a good one to bring up for sure. And I feel like right now the industry that we are in is a gold rush. So I personally feel like a, I would say majority of, of new, you know, startups or companies on the market are specifically for that, the bottom line, which is the money, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of lacks the, that message that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I want to continue to follow your story. I'd love to go into your Denver shops and check them out. I, let me know. I called you from my cell phone earlier. So you can, you can just let me know when you're coming back into town and I'll pop in over there and do a live there you know, there are so many things that we have figured out being an online business and media. We have figured out marketing with social media. We figured out online sales processes. We figured out the merchant processing side of things, you know, expanding relationships and partnerships with people who have complementary skill sets. These are things that I'm most passionate about because I get to talk to you guys who are working in the industry every single day. And I'm like, oh, I I just talked to somebody who did this, or I know somebody who did that. So I'm really super excited to bring that value and act as a resource for you. This is my, you know, my passion around this comes from my own transformational story where like cannabis and hemp truthfully saved my life. I too would be a Hispanic statistic and addict on medications if if I wouldn't have found cannabis and hemp and understood how to properly use them. So I'm really excited to follow your journey and Thank to you. be a part of your growth. Any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our community before we end today's interview? Yeah, I guess back to like really believing yourself is probably my biggest one. I mean, that's the only way I've done this if I look back on on how everything's happened. So I'm a big proponent of the law of attraction. Um, so maybe look into The Secret. I read that book when I was a teenager and it really hit me. Another book, uh, The Alchemist, it has a really good message behind it. It's kind of just showing like what goals you're working for and what they actually mean. And yeah, I would say just uh, stay positive and pretty much keep is, on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. And can I do a shout out for our stores? Oh yeah. I was just going to, that was my next question was where can people find you or your stores if they're interested in coming to check you out? Okay. So in New Mexico, we operate under the name CBD boutique. We currently have two stores here in Albuquerque. Um, You could also find our house brand products, which people swear by. We kind of have like a cult following of some of our products on the cbdboutique.com. So you can check it out there. And in Denver, our newest kind of operation, it's called Canvas Organics. And we really try for like a high-end atmosphere. And we are located on 
Tennyson Street, that's in the Berkeley neighborhood of Denver, and in Lakewood, Colorado, in the Belmar Shopping Center, right next to Dick's Sporting Goods. So I'd really love it if you guys checked out those stores. And if you mentioned you saw this podcast, we'll set up a 10% off for your first time in. And you could also view that website at canvasorganics.com. Amazing. All of the social channels and websites will be posted inside of the blog that is around this video right now. Make sure that you check them out. We do not bring slouches onto this show. So there is definitely something to see if you are in the area or give them a call. I'm sure that they can serve you virtually as well. If you check out products and see something there that you are liking. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Thanks for being, for being on my show today. It was really fun to get to know you. Yeah. And I'll definitely be following your journey. I'm, I live in Greenwood village, so I'll come in and check out your Lakewood store. And I, I I just think what you're doing is so amazing. Congratulations for all your incredible growth. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. For those of you guys who are tuning in, thanks so much for being a part of this incredible movement. This is the hemp revolution podcast and I'm your hostess with the mostest Sonia Gomez. If you are a amazing person and you're looking for products that can give you the results that you are looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for the best brands that you can trust to deliver those results. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or existing brand who is hitting that glass ceiling and you are tired of being in Willy Wonka's factory, hit us up at theemeraldcircle.com. Happy to help however we can. We will see you guys on our next episode. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to another Rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.